appreciate you. I mentioned fasting a little bit earlier, and again, just to make sure we're all on the same page, we're gonna be doing 21 days starting tomorrow, so it'll be January 1st through the 21st. And you might have some personal needs, and here's the truth, and I was just thinking about this. I don't think there's anybody here who doesn't have a personal need, who doesn't have something that if God came down and said, well, what do you need me to do for you that we wouldn't be able to give some sort of response? Whether it's your own need or a need of a family member, we all have something that we could seek the Lord for, some sort of breakthrough that's necessary, some sort of provision that's necessary. And so, you know, we're going to be praying for our individual needs. We're going to be interceding for other people's needs. We're going to have corporate prayer, as I mentioned, with the videos that we're going to be posting out. But it's important for us to understand what it really means to fast, because I think sometimes, even within the church world, that can be kind of a scary or an intimidating word, fasting. But the truth is, we all fast, and literally every day, we fast. That's where the term breakfast comes from. It means to break your fast. You didn't eat all night, and now in the morning, you break that time of fasting with your first meal. And so fasting is abstaining from food, and in the the world that we're talking about within uh, our Christianity, it's abstaining from food for a period of time and replacing that with prayer and intercession, with seeking God's face. Now, there's a few different types of fasting, and uh, somebody might ask, well, what is it? What are the rules? What can I eat? What can I not eat? There's there's a few types. Let me just give you a couple of them just to kind of give you a base. There's uh, a selective fast. This is the type of fast that involves removing certain elements from your diet. One example of a selective fast is a Daniel fast. The Bible tells us that Daniel abstained uh, from eating meats and sweets and breads, and he had a diet of basically fruits and vegetables. And so if you do a Daniel fast, that means you just consume water and juice for fluids and fruit and vegetables for food. I did that one time, and I got to tell you, it made me hate salads for the rest of my life. And so I blame Daniel for that one. Um, There's a a complete fast, and a complete fast, this type of fast, you drink only liquids, typically water, with light juice as an option. And I'm going to pause right here just to kind of give us all on the same page. Please be um, medically wise with what you're doing. So if you have a medical condition, uh, don't maybe jump into something like a complete fast if you're required to eat after your medication or if your blood sugars drop and things like that. We want to use wisdom when we do these things. And so, uh, but if you're like healthy as a horse and you want to give it a go, God bless you. You know, again, uh, we want to make sure that we're healthy when we do this. The other kind of fast is a partial fast. This fast is sometimes called the Jewish fast, and it involves abstaining from eating any type of food in the morning and afternoon. You can either correlate this specific time of the day, such as 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., or sunup to sundown, which, by the way, is really nice in the winter to do a sunup to sundown fast. Um, But if you're one of those people who doesn't wake up till one in the afternoon, don't cheat yourself, all right? You might want to do a specific time. But again, it doesn't matter how you do it. There's even a soul fast, as we describe. It's a fast. It's a great option if you do have a medical condition that doesn't allow you to fast food or or if you have health issues, again, that prevent you from doing that. And what you do in a soul fast is you refocus certain areas of your life that are out of balance. For example, you might choose to stop using social media over the next 21 days. I mean, 
mean, that can be healthy for everybody. You can just throw that in even if you are fasting food. Uh, you might fast from watching television during that duration or, or, or just some element that brings health back into your life. And then you can reintroduce that later, but in a healthy way. I remember uh, for me, there was a couple of times where I was fasting uh, sports news. I just realized that I was just reading so much about sports and very little about the Bible. And when I tried to fast it, my thumb would automatically open the app before I would even think. I'd be like, oh my gosh, why am I three pages in? And, and I just realized in that moment, but this is an unhealthy balance for me. And so I, I wanted to fast it just to kind of get myself back together. Uh, now, I want to make sure I say this as a side note. Abstaining from sin is not a fast. Okay? So if you're like, yo, I'm going to fast from getting drunk. That, no, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, tonight I'm going to get hammered. And then tomorrow I'm going to fast. First of all, you, sh- you shouldn't get drunk, period. That's just... Scriptural and the Bible is very clear about not getting drunk. And so some of you are like, you're a party pooper. Yes, that's my job. Like, <laughs> please be alive tomorrow. Please have a healthy life. Like, we want to make sure that we're doing things the right way. But again, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't count to abstain from addiction or behavior or disobedience. That's not spiritual discipline. You can't count that as part of your fast, all right? It's like, you know, telling your wife, hey, I'm fasting from, you know, being with other people. It's like, no, that. You don't get credit for that. Like, that's, that's not cool. And so in the same way, don't fast from sinning. Just stop sinning. Like, just, just don't do that anymore. But fasting is really the self-denial of the flesh so that you can feed the spirit. That's essentially what it is. And nowhere in the Bible are we mandated to fast, but all throughout the Bible, we see examples of fasting. So this isn't a requirement. This isn't like I'm going to come to you at the 14th day and catch you at McDonald's and be like, oh, you sinner. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do all that because then why am I at McDonald's? Like, we just caught each other. <laughs> you know, so I'm not saying that's what we do, but it's a wonderful discipline that you see all throughout Scripture. And there's, there's powerful, powerful results from having fasting as a part of your regular spiritual life. And one of the best examples I saw is in the book of Ezra. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21 through 23. Ezra is a teacher of the Torah, and he's a man that God had elevated during the time when the Israelites were in exile in Babylon, and they're starting to come back to Jerusalem. And God raises up Ezra to bring a group of the Israelites back to Jerusalem. And this is a long trek from where they were in exile coming back to Jerusalem, hundreds of miles that they have to travel with all of their stuff. This is a moving day, right? So it's not like they're just traveling with the carry-on. They got all their possessions, everything they own, and there's this massive caravan that's going from where they were in exile all the way back to Jerusalem. And Ezra has enough wisdom to rally the people behind fasting. Listen to what it says in these verses, verse 21 through 23. It says, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ava that we might humble ourselves before God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road because we had spoken to the king saying, the hand of our God is upon all those for whom God seek him but his power and his wrath against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated, meaning we we sought the Lord, our God for this, and he answered our prayer. 
there's a, a, a few wonderful points here that I think the act of fasting accomplishes. And if you're taking notes, the first thing is this. Fasting is an act of humility before God. Fasting is an act of humility before God. It, it's, it's, if you look at the scriptures, he rallies everyone to fast. And he goes, that we might humble ourselves before God. Meaning, God, I'm not too proud to seek you. I'm not too proud to admit that I need you, that I need more of you, that I need your guidance, your wisdom, your direction. I'm not gonna be so proud to pretend I got this all together. To fast is to humble yourself and understanding that even this nourishment that I have is not gonna be enough if I don't have you. Ezra points out the proper fasting means we humble ourselves before God. You see that echoed in Psalm 35, the beginning of it in verse 13. It says, yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. I humbled myself with fasting, the denial of self. Okay, so if humility, well, let me just say this the other way. If pride is self-indulgence, then the opposite humility is self-denial. It's saying, no, 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 it's not about me. It's not about what I get. God, it's about you right now. And so when we fast, and again, this is a discipline. This is something that you work toward, you know, and I, I get it because I've happened to me where I decide, hey, tomorrow I'm going to fast. And then the next day I'm halfway through an Egg McMuffin. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot. I was fasting today. And so I understand that that happens. And don't knock yourself. If you're like seven days in and you mess up, just get back up and keep going. It's an act of humility of saying, God, I am not anyone that I can do this on my own. I desperately need you. So much so that I'm gonna deny this time of eating and replace it with a time of seeking, a time of prayer, a time of coming before you. We see this also in Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. As Jesus is, is talking to his disciples and he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Listen, as we're going through these 21 days of fasting, don't sit there and, and you know, post on your social medias how miserable everything is. Day 17, you're not a hostage. Like... <laughs> You don't, you don't need to do all that and drum up sympathy. You don't need to show off and tell people, look at me, I'm fasting. This is a private discipline that you go before the Lord. And I, there were times where like, especially as a, a teenager, when I was trying to learn how to do this and my, you know, mom's like number one, especially Latina moms, they're like number one job is to feed you. My mom did her job really well. And so there would be times where she'd say, mijo, eat. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not hungry. She'd say, mijo, I was like, no. Mommy, I'm fasting. <laughs> she said, oh, okay, okay, okay. When can you eat? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right? But, but again, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you have to be a secret agent because obviously we're all fasting, so cat's out of the bag. But what it means is it has to be an act of humility. This isn't something that you boast about and that you brag about and that you tell someone, oh, you, you only fast on social media. I haven't eaten in 37 days. It's like... Good for you, I guess. Like, you should go to the hospital. You know, you don't look too good right now. It, it, I, listen, we can't sit here and judge each other on how you fast and how I fast. The point is, I'm denying myself to get closer to God. 
I'm humbling myself and admitting that, listen, maybe 2023 I got away with it, but 2024, I cannot do this alone. Lord, I need you. I need you more than I've ever needed you before. And I'm going to humble myself through fasting to make sure that I can continue to draw closer to you. The second thing that you notice, if we go back to Ezra, he says that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us. If you're taking notes, the second thing is fasting is an act of discerning from God. It's an act of discerning from God. Ezra and the returning exiles are fasting and praying so that God will reveal the right way that they should go. This isn't about directions. They obviously knew their destination was Jerusalem. So it's not like they didn't know where they were going or what they were trying to accomplish. So it's not about getting to the right destination. It's about how you get to that destination. Listen, we all have an end goal, right? We're all trying to get to Jesus. We're all trying to get to heaven. But how you get there matters. What you do on the way matters. And here's the thing. We've gotten really good at making decisions. We've gotten really good at making decisions. We analyze the info. We ask people for advice. We do our research. And then we sit down and we make informed decisions. The difference between decisions and discernment is this. A decision is a choice I've made. Discernment is understanding what decision God has made and then lining up with that, right? A decision is something I make. Discernment is discovering and seeking and figuring out, God, what decision have you made? We gotta get a lot better at discerning because what we do most often than not is we decide and then we ask God to co-sign on our decision. So some of you, you already got all your New Year's resolutions and now in this 21 days of prayer, you're gonna be asking God to co-sign on that resolution. Well, did you ask God what he wants to resolute in your life? Have you asked the Lord? Some of you are praying for, for that next job. Well, have you asked God what he wants for you? Maybe God doesn't wanna give you a promotion. Why, God, why would God not wanna give me a promotion? I don't know, ask him. That's between you and the Lord. But to naturally assume that every wonderful thing you've dreamed up is something that God wants for your life isn't always true. And so, you know, we talked about this the other day. A lot of us are like, man, there's this, you know, house that I've been looking at. It's, it's 37 miles away, but it's a great neighborhood and it's this and it's that. And I'm like, but, but have you discerned if it's the Lord? Well, I mean, the neighborhood's great. The, the, the mortgage is awesome. The percentage I'm getting is, yes, it all looks good on paper. But does it look good in heaven? Have you asked God? And I'm not saying it's not God. I'm just saying you'll have a lot more assurance as we just sang about when you're confident that it is the Lord. I remember when I was talking to Pastor Izzy and Pastor Ariel before they transitioned out here, as we were in conversation, I said, listen, I need you to make sure that you pray fast and make sure that this is God. Because if it's God and when you get here and things get rough, you won't get mad at me because you'll know, well, God's the one that called you here. If it's just a decision you make, when things get difficult, you're going to blame me for bringing you out here. But if it's a discernment you've received from the Lord, then even when it's hell and high water, the safest place in the world to be is where God called you to be. Listen in Acts chapter 13, verse 2 through 3. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul, who later becomes Paul, for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them on their way. 
Look at that. They're worshiping and fasting. God speaks. And don't you think it's interesting? They don't immediately act. They seek confirmation and discernment. Okay, we think the Lord has spoken. We believe the Lord has spoken. Let's pray and fast some more so that we can discern rightly what God is asking of us. And listen, Barnabas and Saul, these were, these are starting lineup players, man. These were like amazing men of God. But I love that they didn't hoard them because they understood this is what the Lord is asking of us. And so now that we are confident, we heard and we confirmed through discernment what God has been speaking through the Holy Spirit. And now let's lay hands on them and release them. One of the things we're doing new in 2024, even as a staff, uh, every Tuesday, Tuesday's like my favorite work day because we get so much done. It's the one day where everyone's in the building at the same time on staff where we have our staff meetings at 10 a.m. And some of those meetings can go a long time as we're planning and prepping and doing a lot of things. But as I was praying and the Lord just placed on my heart and I told the staff and they're all in agreement that starting this Tuesday, we're gonna meet at 9 a.m. Not for our staff meeting, but for our staff chapel. And we wanna get together at 9 a.m. to pray, to get a word from the Lord, to worship God, to align our hearts. Because here's the thing, at 10 a.m. for the last several years, we've gathered around a table and we've made important life-changing decisions. But we gotta get a lot better at making discernment. So at 9 a.m., we're gonna seek God in discernment so that at 10 a.m., we can make godly decisions. So this is the part of the practice that we make when we fast. It's coming before God with the blank slate saying, God, what do you want for me in this new year? What are you calling me to? What are you asking of me? How do you want me to fall in line with you? As we pray and as we fast, it's important for us to recognize it's not about what I want, but it's about discerning what you want for me. <clears throat> and then here's the crazy part. Ezra you know, calls the people to fast in prayer. He's humbling himself. <clears throat> He's looking for the right way that they should go. And then he says something kind of crazy. He goes, I didn't want to bother the king. I was too embarrassed to go to the king and ask him for soldiers and for horsemen. Why? Well, if you're traveling hundreds of miles with a caravan of people and everyone's got all their worldly possessions, you are just a beacon for thieves on the road. So they were a big target for any bandits and any thieves who would want to attack them. So it would make sense for them to ask the king of Persia who gave them permission, who sent them to go back. It would make sense for saying, hey, listen, if you're gonna send us back, could you at least give us some soldiers around us and some horsemen to protect us on our way there? But I love what Ezra says. I, I can't go to the king and ask that. Why? Because I already told him that God would be my protector. I already told them that God protects his people and is against those who are against his people. If I've already made that statement and then I go to him and I ask for his protection, how does that make God look? Now that sounds like a good statement in like theology and in theory. But if I'm one of the Israelites, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I want, get a soldier. Give me the guy with the biggest sword, have him next to my family. But this is where faith comes in. Because fasting is an act of faith. Fasting is about having faith that God's gonna provide. Here's what I wanna challenge you as we get into this time of fasting. Pray bold prayers as you fast. Pray audacious prayers 
in your time of fasting. Pray prayers that depend on God and not probable prayers that depend on chance. A lot of us, we limit ourselves to safe prayers. You know what a safe prayer is? It's one that has a large probability of occurring. Because we think, I'm going to pray this because I'm not going to get as disappointed. It's, it just, it might happen. There's a good chance that it'll happen. And so, you know, all things are lining up and it looks like the, the, your job's getting ready to promote you. And so you're going to pray for that promotion. Bold prayers are, I don't have a job and I have no clue where I'm going to get one, but I'm going to trust in God. Bold prayers is trusting in what the Lord is telling you to do, even though you don't see the other side. I've often said this and it's always stuck with me. I heard this when I was a little kid uh, in, in youth ministry. But if you think about a gazelle, a gazelle is, is able to jump 10 feet high and 15 feet across. And it's held captive in a zoo by a four foot fence. And the reason it's held captive by a four foot fence is because a gazelle will not jump if it cannot see where it'll land. It doesn't have the faith that it's gonna have some place to land. Many of us in our walk with God will not leap if we don't see where we're gonna land. But in times of prayer and fasting, we have to open our hearts. We have to grow our faith and saying, God, I don't see how we're gonna land, but you do. And so if you say jump, I jump. If you say go, I go. If you say sell, I sell. If you say buy, I buy. Whatever you're asking of me, Lord, throughout this time of prayer and fasting, as you speak, Lord, give me enough faith to listen. Give me enough faith to follow through. I think about a woman like Esther. Esther is put in a position where she might be able to come before the king and save the people of Israel. And she's kind of tempted about this or wavering in this a little bit because she can't just walk up to the king like that. That would mean, and it could cost her her life. <clears throat> but one of her relatives, Mordecai, comes and He's trying to encourage her and admonish her. And uh, very famously in Esther chapter four, verse 14, it says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. We usually just read that verse, but listen to what it says next. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Esther was willing to risk her life and go before the king. But her faith was rooted in prayer and fasting. This is a risk, a massive risk. And Esther says, I'll only take the risk if you pray and fast with me. Because if I know that in faith, I'm doing what God has called me to do, then I can trust that God will lead me through that. This is her life on the line. Some of us, God's not asking that much of you. But what he is asking of you, are you willing to have faith in it? Some of you, you're not receiving what it is that you're asking for because you're too scared to take the leap of faith that God is asking of you. And again, don't just take my word for it. Don't just run with that. Pray about it. If you cannot deny what God is speaking, then follow through with what God is asking. 
have enough faith and courage to say yes to whatever it is the Lord is asking of you. And that can be a number of different things. And I don't want to sit here and roll through the whole list because it needs to come from the Lord. But trust me when I say, if God is speaking, we have to be listening. And listening is not just hearing what God says, but it's having enough faith to follow through with what God says. Do you have enough faith to jump if you don't see where you're going to land? Do you have enough faith to pull the trigger when you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out? Well, what if I break up with this person and then I can't find anybody else? Do you have enough faith that God knows what he has best for you? Well, what if, what if I do this and you know, what kind of assurances are you gonna give me? A blessed one, that God knows what's best for you and that God will carry you through this. If God has asked it of you, then you can trust in the Lord. And, and let me just say this as a side note. It doesn't always mean it's gonna work out for you. I don't wanna paint a weird picture. It'll always work out for God, but it won't always work out for you, not in the ways that we always perceive and think. You might lose that job. You might you know, seemingly lose that situation, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't work all those things out. But remember, he works at all of those things out for his glory, for his honor. And at the end of the day, that's our goal. I, don't, I know we don't always think that or want to admit that, but this is why we pray and fast. Because as we draw closer to God, his desires become greater than our desires. Pastor Jason, if you can help me out. Worship team. And that's my last point that I think is important for us to recognize. At the end of the day, fasting is an act of drawing close to God. You know, a lot of us say stuff like that, like, I just wanna get closer to God, I just wanna get closer to God. And some of us wrongly assume that by just coming to church, you're gonna get closer to God. So some of you are like, hey, my New Year's resolution is I'm gonna come to church every Sunday. And that's good. I appreciate that. There are gonna be benefits to that. But that's not the same as drawing close to God. See, a lot of us have the desire to draw close to God, but we don't actually do the things that draw us closer to God. Prayer and fasting, that's one of those things that draw you closer to God. Prayer and fasting is one of those things that builds and edifies intimacy with the Lord. And here's the wonderful, wonderful reality of drawing close to God, is that when we draw closer to God, we get his protection. When we draw closer to God, we receive his direction. When we draw closer to God, we get his provision. When we draw closer to God, we get his peace. We get his comfort. We get everything that comes with him because now we're next to him. Now we're with him. Listen, you get some things from me. My children get everything from me because they're with me. They live with me. They abide in me. And so you can't get mad at me for not buying you a Christmas present. You're not mine. <laughs> My kids, they got lots of cool things because they're mine. And even if it's not presents, everything I have is theirs. I don't deny them things unless it's what's best for them but it's all theirs because of the relationship they have with me. And in the same way, we don't fast to manipulate God. We don't fast to bargain with God and all right, God, listen, if I do this, then you do that. I'm gonna not eat for 21 days, so you better come through on your promise. We're not leveraging God, we're not ransoming God. No, listen, Luke chapter two, verse 36 through 38. 
says Anna, a prophet, who was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. <clears throat> she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. This is shortly after the birth of Jesus. Jesus is a child at this point visiting the temple. And this woman, Anna, for the majority of her life, 84 years, has spent the majority of your life in the temple, never leaving, praying and fasting. Now, we don't see specifically if there was a specific thing she was fasting for outside of the fact that fasting is another act of worship. So she was worshiping God in her fasting, but she was also praying. And I have to believe that one of her largest prayers, one of the most important prayers that she had, I can only imagine at 84 years old, her heart's desire is, Lord, I desire to see your Messiah. It's been 400 years, by the way, since anyone in Israel had heard anything from God. But for 84 of her own life, she prayed to see the living Messiah. And then the child walks through the door and she praises God with everything because her greatest desire from fasting was to be close to God. And God now is in the room. Listen, hear me out, this is so important. At the end of this fast, my goal, our goal, is not to be closer to my prayers answered, but to be closer to the one who answers my prayers. That is what fasting is. Not to be closer to my prayers answered, but to be closer to the one who answers my prayers. If you don't get any of your prayers answered at the end of these 21 days, but you find yourself closer to God, then you've received everything you need. You may not get exactly what you asked for, but you got exactly what you need. There is no one in this room, present company included, who doesn't need to get closer to God, who doesn't have room to get closer to God. And I promise you, if you take this time seriously and you pray and you fast and you seek his face, you will see him. You will discover greater things of God. And if God in that closeness decides to answer some of those prayers because it's his will, then praise God. But even if he doesn't answer one of them, but I get a greater intimacy with my Lord, can you honestly say that was time wasted? So we're a team, I want you to stand up, church. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want us right now to prepare our hearts for our time of fasting. I want us to prepare our spirits for a time of seeking his face. I want us to prepare ourselves for what God is gonna do over the next 21 days. Listen, I, I wanna get back together Sunday, January 21st, and I wanna hear the testimonies coming around the church in the foyer. People talking about throughout these next 21 days, all the wonderful things that God has done and God is doing that encourages the body, that encourages the believers. 
I want you to see how beneficial it is when you dedicate time to get closer to God. I know a lot of you are dedicating time to get in shape and a lot of you are dedicating time to break bad habits and a lot of you are dedicating time to accomplish personal goals. There is no time that is greater utilized than saying, hey, I'm gonna skip this lunch meal and seek his face. I'm gonna abstain from this food because he has food you know nothing about. Heavenly Father, we trust in you, God. And Lord, as we take time over these next 21 days to seek your face, Lord, we know that you're gonna answer, God. And so, Lord, we thank you in advance for the prodigals that are gonna come home, God. We thank you in advance for the medical issues that are gonna be cleared away, God. We thank you in advance for the dead marriages that are gonna be brought back to life, Lord. We thank you in advance for the financial provisions that are gonna be met. We thank you in advance for the miracles that are gonna occur. We thank you in advance for the faith that's gonna rise up in this room. We thank you in advance, God, because we know that you're faithful, because we know we can trust in you, God. You are not a man that you would lie, Lord. You are faithful to your word, and your word is clear, God, that if we humble ourselves and seek your face, you will heal our land, oh God. And so, Lord, we just pray even now, help us, Lord, to be disciplined over this next 21 days. And even if we mess up, Lord, that we don't have self-pity and wallow, but that we get back up and continue to seek your face, God. Lord, I pray in advance for all the wonderful provisions that are going to come out of this. We thank you in advance for the powerful testimonies that are going to open the eyes of people who need to see you, God. But Lord, we need to do our part. We know that you're faithful. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be committed. Help us to draw closer to you because we know you're inviting us. And so, Lord, I pray that your spirit would draw us in every day, God. Lord, I pray that there would be such a a sense and a desire to draw close to you, God, that no matter what it takes, we'll make it happen, God. Whether it's fasting food or fasting social media or fasting for days, whatever it is, God, See the sacrifice that we make, Lord. See the desires of our heart. And Lord, I pray that you would respond to that. And Lord, I pray if we get nothing else except drawing closer to you, that you would show us just how wonderful that really is. So we thank you, God, because no time pursuing you is ever done in vain. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And the whole church said... Amen. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Church, I want to encourage you again. The fast starts tomorrow. Watch out for our social medias. We'll give you some prayer points. And man, come out this Wednesday. And if you can't make it, especially January 10th. God bless you. We love you. Go with God.